0: I'm Dr. Stephanie Munt.
1: And I'm Dr. Ellie Summers.
0: And this is Two Women Running Their Mouths, a podcast for women who run, by women who run. Our 80-20 rule, 80% dishing, 20% running. To two women running their mouths, a podcast for women who run by women who run, getting hey. it right,
1: getting it right more often. She's getting it right. Third season, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's taken a year.
1: It's taken a year. Uh, what are we talking about today, Steph? We're talking about tendons. Oh, tendons. Just like oh knees, but oh tendons. <laughs>
0: So the, I think that the stuff we talk about today will likely apply to most tendons, but we're specifically talking or tendinopathies. Specifically, going to talk talk about Achilles tendinopathy because Ellie has that or experiences that.
1: Yes, yes, it is a very um, near and dear topic to my heart. <laughs> uh, tendon tendon pain is a pain, literally. It's a very frustrating thing to deal with. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions around how to deal with it, particularly maybe in the run community. And we are here to help hopefully debunk some myths around tendons and keep you moving and grooving, hopefully. So I think we kind of should start this by like what, so most people think of tendinopathy as like a tendonitis. Right. How would you describe what a tendinopathy is? I would
0: describe it as this, this is challenging because I have started, I think, calling it tendon pain, you know, because mm-hmm. tendinopathy is really like a, some pathology, right. Of the tendon. It's very nonspecific, but I generally think of it as more chronic in nature than a tendon where there's inflammation um, tendinopathy Generally speaking, to my understanding, if when they actually take like a biopsy or look at the, the tendon itself, there's not inflammatory, um, markers. So it's more of a condition of, I don't, again, I don't like the word like degeneration, but it's more of a, a change over time in the tendons health.
1: Yeah, that, that I think is kind of the hard part with tendons because most, um, people outside of the healthcare community think of tendinopathy as a tendonitis where the tendon is inflamed and confession time as a physical therapist, I used to think that too, but over the last 10 years or so, they, they, I'm going to use they for the people who research tendons have come to discover, and maybe they discovered this before 10 years ago, but I learned more about tendons. and it's become clear that it's not a inflammatory process um you might have some some swelling or some changes to the tissues that result in str- like um a feeling of inflammation but the tendon itself is not necessarily like an inflamed tendon right
0: yeah yeah and to that point you will sometimes see like a thickening, right? It's like kind of an adaptive response right? going on, but not necessarily like swelling.
1: Right. So the more appropriate term as Steph has already said is tendinopathy, which is just like tendon pain and an umbrella term for a dysfunction in the tendon of some kind. And you can have different kinds of tendon pain, different things going on there. I don't think we want to get too far in the weeds with that because like full transparency, it's confusing, (laughs) tendons are confusing. They're um, pretty cool that way, but they're also sort of confusing. So um, I digress. Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I think think that's, you're right. Like we don't need to get too, too far in there. Jill Cook obviously is is one of the big tendon researchers. So um, can look into some of her work for or more details there, but um what do you so before we talk about your experience when someone comes in to see you what kinds of things would they say I guess you can include your own experience in it too but what kinds of things would they say or would they be experiencing that make you think like oh this is a, this is a tendinopathy
1: yeah so with the the achilles in particular I think This is maybe a misconception of my own, but I think a lot of people intuitively already kind of know when a tendon issue is happening and they'll come to me and say, I think I have tendonitis," And them just saying that makes me think, let's look into this a little bit. And the way tendons behave, I mean, the way they behave is kind of an interesting way to say it can be variable. Um, but I would say for the most part, people are going to experience like a stiffness, especially with Achilles tendinopathy, a stiffness in the morning or early in the day, or after like a prolonged sitting posture for like the high hamstring. Um, and then it'll sort of what they call warm up a little bit. So you might be able to be, uh, running pretty comfortably and then experience more stiffness and soreness later after the run or the next morning. And I would say classically, that's kind of how a tendon or person with tendon pain presents in the clinic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what I see too. For you, are there any things that surprise you about what you feel? Like we, you said earlier, and we've talked about this, how it's, it's a bear.
1: So talk more. It's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) A bear is a good word too.
0: (laughs) Both. Yeah both. So to speak more to that as far as like the kind of the nature of it, um, yes, in terms of the roller coaster.
1: Yeah. So when I first started experiencing tendon pain, I, I felt a very distinct, like pulling tearing feel in my Achilles and full transparency. Maybe there's a tear there. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really care. All I knew was that I was going to keep doing what I did. So I kept playing sports and activities. And what I noticed was that I could play soccer basically pretty comfortably. And then I could go on a run and be like, "Ow, my tendon. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, if you know anything about the demands of sport, soccer is technically a higher demand activity than just straight endurance style running. So for me, what was just tough was grappling with that difference, knowing that a uh, function of a tendon is to absorb and release energy. Theoretically, higher demand is more painful, but for me, it was not. Theoretically, right. Yeah. So there's some things
0: that you're thinking about, okay, textbook, what the tendon does, this should make it, quote, should or would make sense to make it feel worse, not necessarily the case. Yeah, which is a mystery.
1: Yeah, which is why it's so frustrating too, because it's sometimes hard to understand like, well, why is that? And I think too, tendon pain for me has felt, you know, just it's much, um, I'm going to say pointier (laughs) than some of the other pains that I've felt and experienced. It's a little bit Um, sharper at times and more, I'm going to describe it as acute. And so it is frustrating because it didn't seem to have a specific trend for me where I could say, yes, backing it off was actually really helpful or moving it forward was helpful. And that's why it's so frustrating because I, as my stubborn self, as I think I've revealed on this podcast before... I'm not going to (laughs) stop. And that might be to my detriment at times. I also think it's to my, um, my benefit. So, but tendinopathy, it is very frustrating and full transparency. I've dealt with this for, oh, I'm going to say two years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe three could probably look back and know exactly. I remember exactly where it started. So
0: so with that said do you think it's reasonable for like I guess expectation wise what do you tell people what do you say is like this is something you kind of buckle up this might be something you're going to deal with off and on for a while and how do you go about yeah. talking to people about that and their expectations
1: yeah that is i think the biggest challenge with this um even within myself is because it is a sort of a buckle your seat belt kind of deal and you have to be prepared for the ebb and flow um, because i have had times where it's been like oh i'm cured mm-hmm. <laughs> things are totally fine and then i told steph recently that i just played soccer for the first time in a couple years <laughs> on sunday and then the next day I was like, oh my God, my tendons are so sore, <laughs> but, but now they're like totally fine. So I think you have to be willing to um, buckle up, yes, but also be willing to not let like a single day be a definitive marker for your progress. So- the road is, uh, is windy. And so if you're able to like be patient on how your tendon feels either during an activity or after an activity and see if it improves the next time or starting to gradually move, you know, the direction of better. um, That's, that's, I think a really key variable for working through it. And some people, you know, some people won't always be happy with that result. Um, but I think, you know, Chris, Chris Johnson uses the term, is this acceptable to you? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really, I think what it's going to come down to when you start to use your tendon again, the way you want to use your body the way you want to, Mm -hmm. what would you say to that question? What would you?
0: Very similar to what you did. And I think emphasizing that, this it's painful, but this is not necessarily a dangerous issue. You know, when Mm -hmm. someone comes in with Achilles tendon pain, sometimes they're concerned about it rupturing. Right. And, and that's not something that I haven't really seen the research on this, but the people I know who have ruptured their Achilles had no tendon pain before it happened. So I anecdotally (laughs) love that and let them know that, you know, continuing to kind of figure out how much is too much is not putting them at risk for, you know, a very serious injury. Um, So I think emphasizing that throughout the the process can be really helpful because it is, I've had a very short, short bout of Achilles tendon pain after adding some hills into a workout and it like you're limping, right? It's very, it's, it's scary at the time. Because you can be in a ton of pain one day and the next like, oh, it's better.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) So it feels very, very serious. And like it could keep you out for a while and know that it can change pretty quickly, which is frustrating as well.
1: Yeah. I just like that resonates with me so much because I still occasionally have a limp. And I think that with tendinopathy, you sort of end up, I'm going to say self-regulating how much you use that tendon and I mean that's why physical therapy is so useful right because we can like oh we can do a gain analysis and be like okay they're really offloading I offload the tendon for sure like (laughs) there's like no question in my mind and and then that makes me realize like also that risk-wise in terms of tearing probably a little lower just because you're naturally offloading but i think you're right people do worry about tears when they're struggling with this type of pain very reasonable fear and worry because the feeling of it is disconcerting um but i think that uh in my experience with full ruptures of things like the achilles people don't see them coming (laughs) yeah they don't typically have pain beforehand um they're typically somebody who maybe hasn't played sports in a real long time and then they show up and they take a quick pivot and then bam.
0: Yep, exactly. Yep. Land from jump. That's, that's been what what I've heard too. So, um, yeah, I say very similar things about the prognosis and also mentioning, because there are a lot of options for, and we can get into this now, a a lot of options for other treatment and, um, I recommend be, because a lot of, unfortunately, I think a lot of physical therapy is unable to provide a, like enough loading or mm-hmm. advice on their training plan or modifying training. Um, it's just not the way the system works. And so if someone comes to me and they've had three or four months of therapy and they're just, you know resigned because it hasn't improved, Talking to them about, you know, a year of conservative treatment, a loading program that's that's actually going to stimulate changes in the tendon and mm-hmm. some changes in your training before thinking about any other options.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's not, it's and a
0: long and, time, but you're not out of not completely off running during that entire time is another point.
1: Right. Right. And through Jill Cook's research we've come to learn some things about tendons that um, I think are important variables to know about the tendinous tissue itself. For example, tendons need load. And what I mean when I say that is they need to be used in order to get better. And that, is counterintuitive, I think then, what a lot of the healthcare system and healthcare model does. You have tendon pain and what do they say? They say, let's offload. Let's stop doing all these things that are bothersome. Now, you might need to stop doing some things that are bothersome if that's what you need to do, but we still need to be progressively working you to be able to tolerate the loads you wanna do. What, yeah. are, wh- what are some other things about tendons that, you're familiar with that they like or don't like. Don't they, like as if their tendons are like humans. They are, yes.
0: They have <laughs> and dislikes, yes. and they don't like. Generally, my experience, they don't like. Well, and from Jill Cook's work, they don't like compression. Yep. Like being stretched, basically. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's that's still out there a lot. You know, a proximal hamstring tendonopathy and someone's told to stretch their hamstring stretch, stretch, stretch. Yeah. And it, I think it does feel better for people short-term because of some, you know, some effect of doing something right. Right. Um, but does not end up feeling good long-term. And there are people I've, I've worked with who do say like, yeah, I was told to stretch it and it did not feel good. So I stopped. Um, yeah. So I think your, your body will respond in different ways, depending on, on who you are, but generally stretching is, is not going to be comfortable and not something to push through.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, I I've never been a stretcher myself. Um, so I don't lean on stretching when I'm hurt. (laughs) It's just never something I've done. Um, and I don't have a tendency to want to stretch my Achilles. Um, but it can tolerate a stretch now, which is kind of nice. I think the other thing when, with what you just said, Steph about compression is that, um for runners too thinking about shoes um you know you may not realize like if your shoe is compressing the tendon or causing a little bit of a hot spot but it's possible um the other thing i would think about is manual therapy i can hardly stand it when somebody tries to touch my tendon Mm -hmm. even myself I'm like (laughs) oh yeah yeah and
0: remember like the scraping and stuff like that and like
1: the the thought
0: of like just you know bite the pillow yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry I know this is gonna hurt a lot but this is what we have to do like oh I just cringy you know it's
1: cringy not, and I used to do that full disclosure.
0: <laughs> I did that. Yeah. I just wanted to that's what how we learned, right? That yes. that you you did that. And not to say that it I mean I don't know, not to say that people still still seem to seem to get better, but mm-hmm. I think there are much better options out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the people who research this seem to have unanimously demonstrated that Loading is an appropriate treatment strategy. Um, so offloading might be necessary to calm shit down, but you have to build shit back up because otherwise you're not gonna be ready to tolerate the activities you want to tolerate. And full disclosure, you could be somebody like me who's like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm a physical therapist and I didn't follow my own recommendations for how to manage this injury because I knew that it wasn't dangerous. So I just kept going. I mean, I I quit running for a little while and did some lifting and was playing a little soccer, but quite frankly, like decided that my life didn't really need to change that much. When I realized that stopping running wasn't doing anything, Mm -hmm. which maybe brings me to another point um, which is consistency with this issue. Yeah. And I have found, and I think this is true in my clients as well, that maintaining a degree of consistency has been invaluable to how my tendon feels.
0: So to expand on that, like consistency looks like what,
1: uh, running and or walking for me, for my Achilles. And I, I do, um, Some strength training, although right now I'm in like peak training for 50K. I'm not doing much strength training at the moment. Um, But yes, running and or walking, Mm -hmm. using the tendon, motion is lotion.
0: Right, yeah. So like multiple times a week, not once a week or or two weeks. It's gotta be kind of more that higher frequency, more consistency.
1: Yes, yeah, the higher frequency I think is um, key you know, so many people with these issues, they do an activity and then they are like, ow, I should take multiple days off and not do it again until I'm completely pain-free. And then it's like a week later and they do the activity again and it's still painful. And I think what's important to understand is that in the, in between those two days, you know, your tissue is not a changing to be able to adapt and tolerate that activity. It's basically just maintaining, I would describe it as maintaining its tolerance. So you have to kind of like, be like, you know, do a little bit and then if it's painful, maybe do a little bit less, but more frequently. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, and that as, you know, as PTs, any PT who's listening, it can be easy to kind of get gun shy when someone does start back or they've taken some time off and start back and it's a higher pain level um but you know understanding that if you have them then again you kind of i don't know if it's i wouldn't say instill fear that sounds bad but by by being like oh i think we need to back off more rather than let's continue with the plan keep the frequency up and then generally you will see changes for the better it'll be a little bit less painful with you know, of course, the ups and downs in there, but um, know that you can, you know, you make that choice, yeah, off or not. And backing off in attendance case could actually be more detrimental, depending on the, the situation. But but pain during a run that's higher than it was previously doesn't automatically mean let's pull the reins back even more.
1: Yeah, totally. I think too. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. A lot of physical therapists will use like pain scales, I think to help people um, grade how much is too much. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I have used like a three to four out of 10 or below, Um, but I do like Chris Johnson's, you know, is, is this acceptable to you? Now, some people, they're going to be limping and say it's acceptable. So if it changes their mechanics or is getting worse as they go, I'll say, okay, that's where we'll we'll take a little break, walking break, and then try to get back into it. But tendons are so odd. Like we talked about, like you could have one run where you're limping because mm-hmm. it's, it's causing so much pain. And then you go out two days later and have no pain. So that's, that's to the point of like, okay, you may have a day where it's a little bit flared up, you change, you modify that day a little bit, but don't let it take you out. Right, take your patient out.
1: Right, yeah, and I think you know, as a physical therapist, I have a maybe a little bit of an advantage of like knowing what's going on, knowing what's acceptable to me, knowing also like the evidence there. So when I go out on a run, if I change my gait, I have all these things in my toolbox to be like, should I walk, or I'm just going to keep going which helps honestly calm me down when I'm out there. And I think for our patients, they don't have those things. Right. So they're left to like try to like figure that out to an extent, which is very stressful when you don't know what's going on. And when you've maybe worse, I'm going to say worsened the situation by making, you know, your pain goes up. Mm-hmm. Um And then you're, you know, then I find that people get into this cycle of a little bit of self-blame around it. Like I did too much. It's my fault, yada, yada. And, you know, that's hard because I have found with tendinopathy, it's so hard to predict when my pain is going to worsen and when it's going to feel better. I mean, I think it's gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. Like I've started to realize, oh, if I do a pretty high intensity speed day, I'm going to feel it mm-hmm. the next day. But what's cool is that I've also learned I'll feel it. But if I do like a walk or an easy run, it's going to start to feel better mm-hmm. and better and better. Absolutely.
0: Do you use a pain scale for your clients as well? It sounds like you don't really have one for yourself. No.
1: No. Yeah. I don't use one for me or for my clients. Um, I think the acceptable scale and I use pain and suffering because suffering is also, also just like what is acceptable to you. And it's so subjective, you know, and there get, there was a point in my running where it was just like, this isn't fun anymore. This is painful every time. Like I'm just going to stop running for a little while and I stopped running for a little while. That was early on in the injury. And and then I got sort of past that initial phase, and now I have a better perspective, I think, and the suffering has lessened, which has helped brought my pain down, helped me feel more relaxed, and I'm going to use the term like stable and comfortable with my progressions on my running. So I think the acceptable thing or the pain and suffering is a great gauge and marker because it gives you the agency to say what's okay, what's not okay with me. And as a complex human being, you have to understand that that is invaluable. Like to be able to make those decisions real time. And I think giving people the confidence that they can make those decisions and not completely ruin themselves is so important.
0: Right, 100%, yeah. 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 So providing that affirmation that one, they're not to blame. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. Reassurance that this is something that's, you're, you know, probably going to be in your life for a little bit and yeah. we can still, we can work through it and that autonomy and freedom to start to make those decisions for themselves. It's huge.
1: Right. Totally.
0: So as far as loading goes, are there any specific exercises or really even a more general strength program that you do yourself or you prescribe.
1: Yeah. So I really like calf strengthening for me, for my Achilles tendon. And I do a variety of things. Like um, if my tendon is a little flared up, I know now after doing some trails (laughs) that actually running some hills makes it feel better. I think it's honestly because I'm using the calf muscle more. Um, And same thing with like just general strength training, standing heel raise with weight, um, sometimes off the ground, sometimes off of a little ledge, depending on what I feel like. Um, but I don't work those in very much at this point anymore. Um, maybe like once a month, cause they're not like my most favorite exercise yeah. to do. <laughs> Kinda of boring. Yeah. And this is, this is maybe a topic for another podcast that we did talking about body image, my calves are big, and I think that there's like I don't want my calves to be bigger, which is just not logical, but it's there.
0: Yeah, I think
1: that's that's
0: fair. <laughs> we've I got, got soccer got calves. Yes, we've all got that on some part, I
1: think. Yeah. So, um, but Ebony Rio, she's a, a tendon researcher out of Australia. She's done some pretty cool research on like auditory feedback when you're in a lot of pain. So like, you know, in the early stage of rehab, if somebody comes into my clinic, what we might do is turn on a metronome and have them do holds or, um, tempo style, um, exercises. So maybe like a three second up to a beat of a metronome, A five-second pause at the top, a three-second down, and that's been shown to help decrease pain sensitivity when it comes to tendinopathy.
0: I had heard of that, but I'm gonna have to look look more into it. I'm glad you brought that up. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh and that's fun for runners too, because runner running is like rhythm and timing, and you know, I use metronomes for folks in training frequently so. To bring in the metronome for runners especially can be useful um, You know, to create the whole experience around the sport that they do. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. So anything else as far as training goes that suggestions that you make, um, because I think we're similar in that for tendons, the, you know, I think, uh, well, switching topics real quick similar vein, but, um, in Jill cooks, she has like this very simple list of mm-hmm. like things to do when you have tendon pain. Yeah. And, um, one of them or not to do right is to like irritate the tendon by like I, manual therapy directly on the tendon. But she does say that doing some work on the muscle may be helpful. Um, isn't mm-hmm. harmful. But I think you and I are similar that we don't do too much manual therapy. I think people are capable of doing, if they like foam rolling or lacrosse ball, they're capable of doing that on their, the muscle belly themselves. Yeah. Um, so beyond unloading it, maybe to a certain extent, reloading it maybe in a different way or with auditory feedback or with heavy loads, anything else that you've found helpful for yourself or your clients, specifically for Achilles?
1: Oh, I think probably slowing down a, a little bit. You know, we know the faster you run, the harder you have to hit the ground. And since tendons are designed to absorb and release energy, the faster you're running, the more energy absorption that needs to occur. So, um, and if you look at two, like, uh, is that door, the Dorn article, I'm not going to promise that I'll link these in the show notes, but I'll do my best. <laughs> The Dorn article looked at, you know, what are the loads of the tissues across the lower extremity and different speeds. And, um, the Achilles takes the most load Mm -hmm. at any speed. (laughs) Um, so I might slow someone down a little bit in terms of their pace and their effort initially, and make sure they're tolerating easy speeds before they're going moderate to hard. Mm -hmm. Um, what about you?
0: Yeah, very similar, depending on the severity of the pain as well, you might play around with a higher drop shoe, lower mm-hmm. drop is going to put a little bit more load um, through the Achilles. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessary for someone to go out and buy new shoes, but if they already have a couple different pairs, they can play around with a different one just to see if they can move some load around temporarily.
1: Yeah. To see if you can alleviate those symptoms. Yeah, for sure.
0: Pretty much it. And some people we will, I will recommend backing off on Hills and speed work as you said, but to your point Hills might actually help it feel better. So that's something I think I'll have to play around with, with individuals.
1: Yeah. You know, I think um, that's, that is very individual because um, for me Hills are where I got hurt. So for a while, hills were like, no, no, no. (laughs) But now I'm like, I have to do hills because I'm doing a 50K. And, um, you know, I've been approaching the hills like I was walking forever and ever. I walked every single hill that I came across, I don't know, for the last year. And then finally, as this training started to ramp up, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to insert some hill efforts. So I do like fart licky style things around here. Cause there's hills everywhere. Like, and you just can't predict like how long it's going to take you to get to the top. So I'll do things like, okay, we're going to go two minutes where we're just kind of like pedaling a bike, like up a hill. You're not sprinting. You're not running hard, but you're just, you're keeping your legs going and then we'll recover. And then maybe we do four minutes and then recover and have found that my achilles feels better finally on the hills and it's like oh it feels like i'm getting that strength training happening right. um but that's been like you know i had some time of a little bit of avoidance of hills and then i was like really graded about my exposure to them i walked them i've been walking them forever like <laughs> did that's not want to run them That's
0: an important then, point too.
1: yeah finally de- decided to run them um Yeah. So very individual. And I do think hills are kind of like for many runners, like that last, like more of the upper tier tolerance of the tendon. Like, you know, your tendon's doing pretty decent if you're tolerating those hills. Definitely. Yeah. That's a, that's
0: a very good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of anything else. I'm sure there's something out there, but I think people ask
0: about injections. Um, (laughs) and yes Jill cooks you know also states that like why why inject right into the tendon if we know that poking at it compression things that are kind of invasive like into it probably aren't going to feel very good Um, with that said I think some people I know some people who have had good experiences I'm still of the, in the camp that you go through the process for several months to a year, even like for you, you know, a couple, couple years before considering that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, this is a, this I'm like putting my preference onto people. I prefer they just not get an injection. Um, I'm going to make this statement and I could be very wrong, but I think it's an increased risk for tendon rupture too, if i not mistaken.
0: I'm, I think I've heard that for plantar fascia. Yeah. So that may be true.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like, why? You know, um, when we look at like the way this looks, if you like do a cross section of a tendon, so you cut a tendon and you look at it, The degeneration is like in the middle of the tendon, the changes to the tendon, typically speaking. So they use like the donut analogy, right? What's cool about tendons, and this is why you get some um, tendon thickness, maybe, and I have a little tendon thickness, is they increase the surface area of the tendon to account for the lost surface area of the changed tissue. So... The tendon naturally does what it needs to do to keep your tendon tolerant and strong, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, with age and like comorbidities and all that stuff, you might have other things that you're considering, but the tendon itself, it does its job to keep you in, you know, essentially kind of in one piece right, as much as possible. So an injection isn't changing any of that at all. At the end of the day, what you're dealing with is pain. And they've shown in tendon and we don't need to get too far in the weeds of this, but the pain with tendons is, can be, I think, largely nociceptive and nociceptive pain is like the pain, the type of pain when you get like a cut on your arm, um, and that's very different than like a centralized pain situation. And so to me, an injection, I'm going to say this, is pointless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it could reduce your pain. And I know it helps some people, but yes, yeah. Yeah, I
0: agree. And yeah, yeah, to your point earlier too, like just like any other quote pathology, air quote pathology, there are people with the exact same or very similar tendon changes on imaging that have no pain or people who have this pain without evidence of those tendon changes right just yeah but the body's body body generally is 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 working like this adaptive response to help you which is so cool our bodies right i know
1: i'm like (laughs) toxic positivity about (laughs) the body (laughs) 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 they're just like bowing
0: down yeah they're so great
1: Yeah, Uh, one other other really cool thing about tendons that I learned at a conference if you take a piece of paper and on the long side of the paper, you rip the paper just a little bit. I'm here. I know people on the podcast can't see me do this, but I'll do it on our video. Maybe someday people will see this. So you rip the paper on the side right here, just like a little bit and then you pull the top and the bottom. The way tendons work with that pull is the forces actually go around the tear. So let's say that you do have a tear in your tendon and it's resulted in tendinopathy. Like even the function of the tendon is designed to protect you from that tear because the pull and all the forces, they'll go around the weak, weak point in the tendon which i think is just a really cool like oh yeah, yeah. that's cool
0: yeah it's much less scary than right there no it's not going to function it just goes around the fibers around it will adjust and
1: handle it right right handle yes so i apologize i interrupted what were you going to say
0: oh no i was just talking about our our toxic positivity oh thanking our bodies but I do think, you know, we spend, I've spent a lot of time being mad about my body and it's injured and all this. And so, um, I think when you do recognize these things and take the time to see how much our bodies are doing without us really noticing, it's, it's cool.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think too, when you're in that dark place, it's hard to remember that. Yeah. Cause you feel like your body be, is betraying you and that's a reasonable thing. And that's a, a real feeling. And also it's going to do its job mm-hmm. most of the time, which is to heal and recover you and keep you in one piece so that you can survive.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, <laughs> we are, do you have anything else? Jess? That's it. All right. Yeah. That was great.
1: Give us a shout if you have questions about anything and if you have topic ideas. Um, We've got some some good content planned, um, some of which we are kind of waiting for at the moment, but if you do have topics you'd be interested in hearing us chat about, please send us a message at um, one of our emails, which are linked in the, the show notes. Perfect.